Hello and welcome to Z Formula E podcast hosted by me, Humura Ruth. I hope you're doing well. I hope life is going just as well as you'd like it to. But if for one reason or another it is not, I always say take it to the Lord Jehovah in prayer and hopefully some Formula E will cheer you up. Welcome to this podcast channel. This is a podcast channel that is dedicated to every Formula E race that has happened at least since 2021 so from 2021 2022 and now 2023 i have been able to cover every race that we have had on the calendar so that's what this podcast channel is all about i watch events that happen during an e-pre an e-pre day summarize them then come on here and share them with you so if you love motorsports if you love formula e why not subscribe and share with somebody else who loves the sport just as much you can also find my Formula E articles or other motorsports articles that I write up on my LinkedIn account, which is Mbava Z Ruth, or on my motorsports website, zhumura.com. That is spelled as Z-E-E-H-U-M-U-R-A.com. Now, welcome to today's episode, which is about the 2023 Gulavat Jakarta E-Prix. Now, it's been almost a month without a race but we're back racing again and i'm sure we're going to keep going and going and going until we finish the season at the end of july this season season nine we started off uh the races in mexico we usually start from Diria, but this time around we started off in mexico which was on the 14th of january and that's when Pas- uh, jake dennis sorry pascal verline and lucas degrassi finished on the podium then we went to Diria for a double header. The first round in Diria was won by Pascal Verline. Jake Dennis came second. Sambad came third. And the second round was won still by Pascal Verline. Jake Dennis came second. And Rene Ras finished third. Thereafter, we went to Hyderabad, India, where Jean Eric Van won the race. Nick Cassidy came second. And Antonia Felix da Costa came third. From there, we came to Sub-Saharan Africa in Cape Town, South Africa. And that's where Antonio Felix da Costa won the race. Jean-Eric Van came second. Nick Cassidy finished third. Then we went to South America in Sao Paulo, Brazil, where Mitch Evans won the race. Nick Cassidy finished second. And Zambad finished third. Then we came to Europe, where we went to Berlin, Germany, for a double header where we saw Mitch Evans winning the first round, Sambad finishing second, Maximilian Ganter finishing third, and then the second round in Berlin, Nick Cassidy won the race, Jake Dennis finished second, and Jean-Eric Van finished third. And then the last race that we had was in Monaco at the start of May, that was on the 6th of May, and we saw Nick Cassidy winning the race, Mitch Evans finishing second, and Jake Dennis finishing third. Now, today's episode which is a month later from our last race, is about the Jakarta Epre. And we have a doubleheader in Jakarta. So we'll have a race on the 3rd of June and also on the 4th of June. Then from Jakarta, we'll go to Portland and the United States on the 24th of June. Then a doubleheader in Rome from the 15th to the 16th of July. And then we'll finish it all off in London from the 29th to the 30th of July. So that's what the season has been so far. And that is what it looks like at the moment. Now, we are back racing in Jakarta, Indonesia. The first time that we went racing there was last year. And it was on the 4th of June. And it wasn't a double header like it is this season. So... In 2020, we only had 
um, one set of winners because we only had one race. So it was Mitch Evans that won the race, Jean-Eric Van finished second, and Eduardo Mortara finished third. Now, interestingly, the time when we went racing there in 2022, the track had literally just been inaugurated in January 2022 by the governor of Jakarta. That was Anis Basweden. I'm sorry if I've mispronounced the name. But the construction of the circuit itself was completed a week before the Ypri. So I had never seen that before. But yes, that is how it worked. Now, just a little bit about Jakarta. Jakarta is a city was founded in the 4th century and it is home to more than 10 million people. I found that so fascinating. The fact that it was founded in the 4th, 4th century. And um, the circuit that we race at is found in Angkol, which is northern Jakarta. It is called the Jakarta International E-Pre Circuit. So it is a purpose-built street circuit that has a length of 2.370 kilometers. That's about 1.473 miles. It has 18 tons. Drivers can reach top speeds of about 200 miles per hour. And they do 36 laps here in Jakarta. Now, still talking about speed, the race lap record in Jakarta is held by Sebastian Buemi, and he said it obviously in 2022, which was the first time we went racing there. It was a 1 minute 0 0.09.755. Now, I don't, the track is fast, but I think it's the heat that makes it quite tricky to drive in Indonesia. It's a little bit warmer compared to other places that we go racing at. But nevertheless, it is so interesting to see races happen there. Now, Lucas Degrassi described the circuit, and I quote, as having a good mixture of low, medium, and high-speed corners and will test every aspect of the car's performance. End of quote. So I think that makes it quite interesting, if you ask me. In terms of driver standings, by the time we came to Jakarta, after winning in Monaco, Nick Cassidy had taken lead of the championship ahead of Pascal Verlaine and Jake Dennis. And then driver news before we get into the race itself. Now, because of the 24 hours of Le Mans test day, Andre Lotterer, who is Avalanche Andretti driver, missed the Ypres and was replaced by Formula 2 and Porsche reserve driver David Beckman. Now, you might know that it is David Beckman's Formula E debut, so he has never raced in Formula E before. We also saw a new driver on the grid. This time it was over at Mahindra Racing. Now, on Sunday, May the 28th, we received news that Oliver Rowland, who's Lucas's teammate at Mahindra Racing, was leaving Mahindra Racing and he was to be replaced with former Formula One driver Roberto Merhi, who is also racing in Formula E for his very first time. And I think with that, you're now well acquainted with the 2023 Gulavit Jakarta Ypres. Let's take a short break and when we return, we'll go through the qualifying session. Sorry for interrupting the show. Thank you so much, first of all, for listening to the Formula E podcast. And if by any chance you're also interested in Formula One, don't forget to check out my Formula One podcast called ZF1 Amateur Podcast. Again, ZF1 Amateur Podcast. Just look for it on your favorite podcast player or search for it in your favorite search engine. You can also look for my other podcast called Z Humara Show, which is all about living and growing up in Uganda. Again, it's called Z Humara Show. All right, let's go back to Formula E. Mm -hmm. 
Welcome back from that show break. Now, let's quickly go through the qualifying for the 2023 Jakarta April. Now, as I've been explaining before, I just have to say this. If you're an expert at Formula E, please bear with me. I like to sometimes break down the most basic things because sometimes new people are listening in and they don't understand the sport. So Formula E has everything happening in a day. So you start off with you, your practice session. Okay, we do have a practice session sometimes early on a Friday. So in this case, you had a practice session on Friday. Then on Saturday in the morning hours, we had the second practice session. Then the qualifying from 10.40 to 11.55 a.m. And then the race happened from 3 p.m. to 4 p.m. So everything happens in a day. And the reason you have a qualifying session is because you can't have all 22 Formula E cars starting on the same exact start line come race, come the race itself because the tracks are not built wide enough to accommodate all 22 cars starting on the same line. So to determine who starts at the front, who starts in the middle, or who starts at the back of the grid, you have a qualifying session. And this is how it works. So you have 22 drivers because you have 11 teams and each team has two drivers. So the 22 drivers are split into two groups depending on their standings in the championship. So you have group A with 11 drivers and group B with 11 drivers. Each group is given a timeout on the, on the track or I would call it a session on the track to try and set the fastest lap that they could possibly set using about 300 kilowatts of power. At the end of the session, the four fastest drivers from Group A and the four fastest drivers from Group B proceed to the quarterfinals. Now, in the quarterfinals, you have eight drivers because you had four from Group A and four from Group B. These eight drivers are paired up, so that means you have four pairs. And each pair has, you know, a session on the track where they try to set the fastest lap time that they could possibly set. And at the end of the session, the fastest driver from each session proceeds to the semifinals. So in the semifinals, you have four drivers and those four drivers are then paired up into two groups. So the two uh, pairs of drivers also have sessions on the track where they try to, you know, beat each other when it comes to lap times. And the fastest driver from each pair proceeds to the finals. So in the finals, you have two drivers and those two drivers also have a session on the track and they try to set the fastest lap time that they could possibly set. At the end of the session in the finals, the fastest driver takes pole position the second fastest qualifies in second the third fastest qualifies in third and so on and so forth so that's how it works now let's quickly go through what happened in jakarta for round one that we had in jakarta on the third of june so group a we had nick cassidy jake dennis generic van zambad jq's stoffel van don sacha finestras dan dictam sajo sete camara robin franz roberto merhi now, at the end of the session, the top four fastest drivers from Group A were Stoffel van Doorn, Jake Dennis, Jean-Eric Van, and Robin Freins. In Group B, we had David Beckman, Nico Muller, Eduardo Motara, Norman Nato, Lucas Dugassi, Maximilian Ganta, Rene Ross, Sebastian Buemi, Antonio Felix da Costa, Mitch Evans, and Pascal Verlein. At the end of the session, the four fastest drivers were Pascal Verlein, René Ross, Eduardo Motara, and Maximilian Ganta. Now, in the quarterfinals, we had Jean-Eric Van going against Stoffel van Doorn, and between the two of them, Jean-Eric Van was the fastest driver, so he proceeded to the semifinals. 
We had Jake Dennis versus Robin Freund. Between the two of them, Jake Dennis was the fastest, so he moved to the semifinals. We had Rene Russ going against Pascal Verlein, and between the two of them, Pascal Verlein was the fastest, so he moved to the semifinals. We had Eduardo Mortara going against Maximilian Ganta, and between the two of them, Maximilian Ganta was the fastest driver, so he moved to the semifinals. In the semifinals, we had Jean-Eric Van going against Jake Dennis. Between the two of them, it was Jake Dennis that was the fastest, so he moved to the finals. And then we had the second pair, which was Pascal Verlein going against Maximilian Ganta. And between the two of them, Maximilian Ganta was the fastest driver, so he moved to the finals. In the finals, we had Jake Dennis going against Maximilian Ganta. And between the two of them, Maximilian Ganta was the fastest driver, so he took pole position. Jake Dennis qualified second. Pascal Verlein qualified third. Jean-Eric Van qualified fourth. Stoffel Van Dorn qualified fifth. Eduardo Mortara qualified sixth. Robin Freins qualified seventh. Rene Russ qualified eighth. Nico Muller qualified ninth. Nick Cassidy qualified in tenth. And Mitch Evans qualified in 11th place. Sergio Finestras qualified 12th. Sebastian Buemi qualified 13th. Dan Tictam qualified 14th. Antonio Felix da Costa qualified 15th. Sam Bad qualified 16th. Norman Nato qualified 17th. Sergio Setekamara qualified 18th. Dan Beckman qualified 19th. Jake Hughes qualified in 20th. Lucas Degrassi qualified in 21st place and Roberto Merhi qualified in the 22nd place. Welcome back from that short break. Now let's go through the race itself. Now, as I said before, we do 36 laps in Jakarta. And yes, we also do have attack mode. So this season, attack mode lasts for four minutes and it is used across two activations during the race. So drivers have an option to run variations of one to three, two to two, or three to one during the race. One to three means you take your first attack mode for one minute and then the second one for three minutes, or you take your first attack mode for two minutes and then the second one for two minutes, or you take your first attack mode for three minutes and then the second one for a minute. It is always up to the drivers and the engineers. Whatever works for them, they have to do it. It's just very mandatory for them to do it in a race. And it has to last for four minutes and you have to do it twice. So how you do it and how you spread it is all up to you. But the thing about attack mode is that it gives you extra boost of power. However, here's the catch. To get that extra boost of power, you go off the race line into an activation zone. There's an attack mode activation zone always on a track. And when you go off the activation, I mean the racing line, and you go into this other racing line, it probably means that if you did not strategize well, you're going to lose time and get easily overtaken. But if you did strategize well, you're probably going to be able to get ahead, If you know, especially because now you have an extra boost of power. But uh, a number of times, drivers lose places when they take attack mode because you go off the racing line and it is mandatory for a driver to do. Now, let's quickly go through the race. We do 36 laps here. I'm not going to go through every lap because that will make the podcast super long. I have just summarized it and I am going to take you through it. So on lap one straight away, we saw Maximilian Ganta starting off well. He managed to protect himself from Jake Dennis. Meanwhile, Jake Dennis, who had qualified in second place, lost that place to Pascal Verlein, who had qualified in third. 
Then we also saw Sebastian Buemi on this very first lap, who started in 13th place, dropping to 22nd place behind Roberto Merhi. Then we saw Lucas Degrassi moving up a place into the 20th. And further again, towards the end of the lap, Jake Dennis lost his third place to Stoffel van Doorn. And then we also saw Rene Raswat qualified in 8th place, dropping to 9th place and then to 11th place. So like any other racing series, literally at the start of the race, A, the drivers make up places or they lose places. There's always going to be those that make up places and there's always going to be those that lose the places. When we got to lap two, we saw that Nick Cassidy, who had qualified in 10th place, had moved up two places. So he was running in eighth. We saw contact between Sebastian Buemi, who was running in 22nd place, and David Beckman, who was running in 19th place. Now, David Beckman had his front wing damaged during the contact, and that affected him. And it affected both drivers, I would say. Well, Sebastian Buemi moved up into 19th place, he was originally in 20th. He moved up into 19th place, while David Beckman, who was in 19th place, dropped to 20th place. By lap four, Sebastian Buemi had suffered a puncture and now had continued to drop down the grid, and he had now moved to 20th place. And I think that puncture could have been as a result of the contact during uh, lap two or something else, but he suffered a puncture. And also on this lap, despite the fact that he had a puncture, we saw him take attack mode. Him alongside Roberto Mehi, we saw Lucas Trugas as well take attack mode. We also saw an overtake at the top of the grid. That was Pascal Verlein. He made an overtake on Maximilian Ganta for the race lead. And we also saw Eduardo Motara in 7th place overtake Robin Freins for 6th place. Now on lap 5, we saw, I think there were 5 drivers. It was Pascal Verlein who was leading the race, Stoffel van Doorn in 5th place, Sergio Sete Camara in 18th place, David Beckman in 19th place, and Sebastian Buemi, who was now in 22nd place, take attack mode. Now during attack mode, Pascal Verlein lost the race lead to Maximilian Ganta. It was that thing that I told you. Once you get off the racing line, it's easy to lose places. It's also easy to make them up. It comes down to strategy. And later on on this lap, we also saw other drivers take attack mode. That was Jean-Eric Van in fourth and Robin Freins in seventh place. Now, Jean-Eric Van under attack mode dropped to four, from fourth place to sixth place. So he lost two places. And we also saw Robin Freins under attack mode dropping from seventh place to ninth place. I genuinely think during this race, it was very few drivers that made up places during attack mode, if there were any. Anyway, later on, on lap 6, we saw the race leader, Maximilian Ganta, take attack mode. And when he did it, he dropped to second place behind Pascal Verlein, who was also still under attack mode. So, all the top 4 drivers at one point in this lap were under attack mode. That was Pascal Verlein, who was now leading the race. Maximilian Ganta in second. Jake Dennis in third, and Stoffel van Doorn in fourth. Now, while under attack mode, Jake Dennis was running in third place. He dropped to fourth place behind Stoffel van Doorn. Something interesting happened in lap 13. We saw teams driving so closely to each other. So let's start at the bottom. We saw Mahindra racing drivers Lucas Degrassi and Roberto Mehi were running in 20th and 21st places respectively. We saw Neo 333 drivers, Dan Tiktam and Sejo Satsakamara were running in 17th and 18th places respectively. We saw Nissan drivers, Sacha Finestras and Noma Nato were running in 15th and 16th places respectively. 
We saw also Diaz Penseke drivers Tovo Van Dorn and Jean-Eric Van were running in fourth and fifth places respectively. So I found that to be quite interesting because that was like about um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight drivers being so close to each other. Um, and the similarity between all of them was the fact that it was teammates being paired up so closely to each other. So I was wondering, was it just purely a car thing or was it also driver ability? Like, do teams have drivers with almost the same, the same driving style and same driving ability, especially in Jakarta? Or was it, you know, purely car performance? Because remember when I started this podcast, I told you, Lucas Degrassi said that this track will test your full car performance. Like everything about car performance will be tested. And we got by lap 13, we were seeing teams, you know, being so close to each other. It's one driver ahead of the teammate. It's one driver ahead of the teammate. So I, just, I didn't understand why that was. Maybe a one day ask um, a Formula E person when I meet them. Anyway, by lap 17, we saw Pascal Verline. He was still leading ahead of Max Willen Ganta, Stoffel Van Dorn, and Jake Dennis, who was under attack mode. Now, we also saw a number of drivers under attack mode on this lap. There was Eduardo Montara in 7th, Robin Franz in 9th, Da Costa in 12th, Nico Mula in 13th, Norman Nato in 17th, Sajo Setekamara in 19th, and Lucas Degrassi in 20th. Now, towards this, the end of this lap, remember we're talking about lap 17, Jake Dennis managed to make an overtake on Stoffel Van Dorn for third place. Now, a few laps later, on lap 20, we see Nick Cassidy in 6th place, chasing Jean-Eric Van in 5th place. Now, what happened is that Nick Cassidy's front left tire clipped the back right tire of generic fan as they approached a right-hand turn. Now, both cars survived getting any damage and no overtake was made, but there was contact between the two of them. As that was happening, Dan Tictam in 15th place under attack mode dropped to 17th place behind Sasha Finestras. Like I had said earlier, a lot of drivers were losing places and not making up places when they took on attack mode. And we also see, we also saw in this lap, lap 20, Jake Dennis overtaking Maximilian Ganta for second place. And so Ganta dropped to third place. Now on lap 24, we saw Mitch Evans in eighth place, Rene Russ in 10th place, JQ in 14th place, Sasha Finestros in 16th place, and Roberto Merhi in 21st place, taking on attack mode. Because remember, the, the race is for 36 steps, so people were starting to, you know, finish up their activations. You have to take attack mode for four minutes total during the race, and you have to do it twice. So you have to split those four minutes somehow. So by lap 24, people were trying to finish up, you know, taking their attack mode. Otherwise, they would suffer uh, a penalty or disqualification because it is mandatory for every driver to take it. Now, we also saw on this lap, Jake Tennis in second place trying to battle Pascal Verlein for the race lead, but he failed. Now, as he was battling it out with Pascal Verlein, Maximilian Ganta in third place tried to overtake them both. That was wise, but it did not work. It just did not work. Anyway, elsewhere, we saw teammates, Jaguar teammates, Mitchell Vance in eighth and somebody in ninth make contact with each other. What really happened was that somebody hit the back of Mitch Evans, which caused Mitch Evans to spin and hit the barrier with his rear. And fast forward, by the time we reached the final lap, Mitch Evans was in the pits while Sambad was running in 11th place. That was quite interesting. But unfortunately for him, he later on dropped to 19th place 
ahead of Sebastian Buemi. And that brings us to the end of the 2023 Jakarta Ypres review from me. I hope I was able to summarize the 36 laps in 10 minutes. I think I did so and uh, I hope you enjoyed it. Now here are your race results for the Jakarta Ypres that happened on the 3rd of June 2023. Pascal Vorlein won the race. It was his third win this season. Jake Dennis came second, Maximilian Ganta came third, and then we saw Diaz Penseki teammates Stoffel van Doorn and Jean-Eric Van finishing in fourth and fifth place respectively. Eduardo Motara finished sixth, Nick Cassidy finished seventh, Lucas Degrassi finished eighth, Robin Frines finished ninth, Jake Hughes finished tenth, Nico Muller finished eleventh, Nomanato finished twelfth, Dan Tiktam finished 13th, Lucas Degrassi finished 14th, Rene Russ finished 15th, and David Beckman finished in 16th place. Sajo Sete Kamara was 17th, Roberto Merhi finished 18th, Sacha Finestras was 19th, Sebastian Buemi was 20th, and in 21st place was Sam Bird. And then the only DNF was Mitch Evans in 22nd place. I hope you enjoyed this race review and uh, please don't be afraid to let me know what your thoughts are. You can connect with me on social media. My I usually respond a lot via my LinkedIn. My LinkedIn name is Mbabazi Humura Ruth. That is spelled as M-B-A-B-A-Z-I. Humura is H-U-M-U-R-A then Ruth. Or on Twitter at Humura Ruth. And on Instagram at Humora Ruth as well. You can also interact with my motorsports content on my website www.zhumura.com. That is spelled as Z E H U M U R A dot com. Thank you so much for listening in. I will see you in a few hours when we go through the second round of racing that we had in Jakarta, Indonesia.